Hey, loyal listener, Daryl Bodger here, professional barrel dodger. Yeah, this is part three of our surf versus music debate. In this one, Stan talks about drugs, surfboard quivers, and hippie bongo drum circles. No prizes, uh, which one he fails to endorse, but uh, we had a cracker of a time making this one, so hope you enjoy it. You. All right, here's, here's his daily routine. 3 p.m., rise. 3.05, Shiva's Regal with morning papers. Smokes Dunhills. 3.45, cocaine. 3.50, another glass of Shiva's. Another Dunhill. 4.05 p.m., by the way, first cup of coffee and a Dunhill. 4.15, cocaine. 4.16, orange juice and another Dunhill. 4.30, cocaine. 4.54, cocaine. 5.05, cocaine. 5.11, coffee, Dunhills. 5.30, get more ice in the Shivas. Cocaine at 5.45, 6 o'clock, smoking grass, take the edge off the day. 7.05, Woody Creek Tavern for lunch. Heineken, uh, two margaritas, coleslaw, a taco salad, double order of fried onion rings, carrot cake, ice cream, a bean fritter, Dunhills, another Heineken, cocaine. And for the rest of the ride home, a snow cone, a glass of shredded ice, which is poured over four jiggers of Shivas. Okay, so the snow cone is Shivas. Okay, 9 p.m., start snorting cocaine seriously. It says. <laughs> 10 p.m., drops acid. <laughs> 11, 11 p.m., chartreuse, I don't know what that is, cocaine and grass. 11.30, cocaine, etc., etc. 12, midnight, Hunter S. Thompson is ready to write. G'day, listeners. You're tuned to Soundwaves, a podcast that explores the nexus between surfing and music and the nefarious spaces in between. So wax up your stick, crank up the stereo, and paddle out into the secret sonic surf spot that is Soundwaves. Tales from the shack. Shack, 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 shack. We're the future. We're the future surfing. We don't want to be dicks. We want to be cool surfer dudes. We're so sorry. Hey, um, uh, we're moving on uh, to why music is so much better than surfing. And uh, this kind of links with my little surf trip uh, story. Because um, I'm talking about drugs now, man. I'm talking about drugs. But actually, before I talk about drugs, and this is a little aside, this is a- another reason why music is so much better than surfing. Uh, I sent it out this week and you guys all saw it. Um, Bowie, Starman, BBC, 1972. Does it, does it get any better than that? No. Hey, 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 Children, you said, let the children use it. Let all the children do 
to phone someone so I picked on you ooh, ooh. Hey, that's far out, so you heard him too ooh, ooh. Switch on the TV, we may pick him up on Channel 2 That weren't no DJ, that was Hazy Cosmic Jive <laughs> Yeah Jive. And it's funny because when that that the just for a bit of context, the the Guardian newspaper put out because it's a hundred years of the BBC, and it put out the hundred best live performances, um, music performances on the BBC. And uh, number one was David Bowie singing "Starman" in nineteen seventy two, and there's this whole kind of essay by a very a very good uh, Guardian journalist called Alex Petridis basically saying that Bowie was like a fucking alien. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, he had his, he had his, uh, I don't, see, okay, drugs is my, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is why, this is why music is better than surfing, drugs. Do you want people to take drugs themselves? Is this perhaps why you sing about drugs? Oh, yeah, I want them to take drugs. Why is this? Cause it's better than Monopoly. Um, and I'll have to preface this in a because I guess we have to talk about. Um, I, I'll, I will preface it anyway. In surfing, to dive an OD is tragic, right? Yeah, it's almost like you know. I mean, Andy Irons. It's like people are so aghast that fucking AI did that. But in music, it's fucking it's. That's like it, you're a god. It's like it's like a rite of passage. There's um, a there's an amazing there's an amazing thing as there as there always is on the internet, and then someone's put together this whole. Um, it's like a uh, musical, uh, visual thing about all the the all. It's called the ultimate list of musicians lost to drugs. So. And they tell you who died, when, and how. So, like, Dinah Washington, 1963, barbiturates. Judy Garland. Did you know that Judy Garland died of a drug overdose? Barbiturates. And see, barbiturate is, is funny because barbiturate is like, you know, in if you've listened to Dan Carlin or any other uh, history podcast, people in the past died of one thing and one thing only, unless they were murdered or you know, yeah. decapitated. It was consumption. Yeah. And consumption was just like this general term for anything that fucking killed you, right? And and back in the 60s, it was barbiturates. Ooh, barbiturates. Oh, barbiturates. Um, uh, Jim Morrison, 71, heroin. In the 70s, they started being a bit more. But even Jimi Hendrix, barbiturate. Barbiturate. Mm. Wow. Mm. Uh, so Graham Parsons, what do you think Graham Parsons d- died, died of in 1973? Uh, this is a great quiz. Guess the death. Uh, I, <laughs> so, oh, first, first, you know Graham Parsons was from the birds, obviously. So, uh, yeah. um, I don't know. He, he overdosed on on um, oh, Rickenbacker guitar strings. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. He snorted too many uh, guitars. No, alcohol and morphine. Eh, boring.
Tim Buckley. Oh. I'll give you a clue. Tim Buckley, and, and when his son died a very boring death, just got drowned. But um, uh, Tim Buckley, he got, there's three things that he died of. Wow, the combo. He got mm. comboed. Come on, you can guess. Oh, okay. Uh, heroin, speed, and I don't know, fisherman's friends. <laughs> heroin, uh, speed, and alcohol. Oh, two out of three. And how about this? A, a friend of the show, I didn't even realize this, Nick Drake died in 1974 of am, ami, trip. <laughs> Deline. Oh God, that's so sad. I what said, is I... Ami, What is amitriptyline? Yeah, I don't know. Don't mm. want to. Don't want to know. Um, they, I, I kind of they're the sadder ones, I reckon, because the the sort of the folky, quiet, retiring, shy people. You just know that it's a. I don't know. Yeah, it's not. It's not like Keith it's, Moon. No, that's exactly right. It's because like Keith, Keith Moon. It's funny because Nick Drake and then. The, the next, well, a couple of years later, it's Keith Moon, and his yeah. his is actually clomethiazole, which what I, I think that's just, that that's just that must be some sort of uh, code for uh, just everything JD and JD and hookers. <laughs> yeah, well, how's this? I, I think Nick Cave's got to be up there for just glamorizing the the heroin chic. And I, I, I don't think he's still on on this stuff. But how's this? No, he's he's definitely not. He went out with uh, famously PJ Harvey for a while, and I think he was quite smitten by her. And I think he was using at the time. Well, he definitely was. He, he, anyway, yes, yes. Well, well, this has a story when PJ Harvey broke up with him. Um, so this is Nick. There I am, sitting on the floor of my flat in Notting Hill, sun streaming through the window, feeling good, with a talented and beautiful young singer for a girlfriend. When the phone rings, I pick up the phone, and it's Polly, PJ Harvey. Hi, I say. I want to break up with you. Why, I ask. It's just over, she says. I was so surprised, I almost dropped my syringe. <laughs> You know, when I had a, a, a real interest in religion was when I was taking a lot of drugs. Hmm. You know, I was a junkie. I would wake up and need to score. And the first thing I would do is go to church. Hmm. And I would sit through the entire service, listening to the priest rant on up there and shake his hand on the way out. And then head up uh, Portobello Road to Goulburn Road, the dealers were just coming out, you know, at that time, and, and I could score and then go back to my mm. flat, take the drugs and sort of go there, you know. Mm. I'd do a little, a little bit of good and a little bit, and it's, what's the problem type of thing. And I really felt on some level that I, that I had a kind of workable balance in my life. Mm. Mm. I mean, it was mad, you know. I mean, when I met Susie, Susie was like, you know, you're, you're, uh, you know, doing something really dangerous here, and uh, and and life-threatening, and um, you know, I want you to vow to me that you'll never go to church again. <laughs> get down, get down, little Henry Lee, and stay all night with me. <laughs> 
don't get down and stay all night with me. For the girl I have in that merry green land, I love fair better than thee. And the wind did howl, and the wind did From 1980, Bon Scott dies of alcohol, right? Yeah. And John John Bonham of Led Zeppelin, they both died in the same year, both of alcohol. Mm. And then everyone from then on, we're talking from 81 on, Phil Linnett, Chet Baker, um, uh, Johnny Thunders from the New York Dolls, Basically, everyone for at least 10 years, it's cocaine. Oh, sorry, it's heroin. It's heroin. Right, right. And, and then you've got this guy called, have you ever heard of the band called The Associates? No. Well, Billy McKenzie from The Associates apparently died of paracetamol. Gee. Fucking loser. <laughs> and yeah. then, and, and, and then as, as this, it, I mean, it's more. There's more. There's. It kind of gets a bit varied. You got. It's, there's heroin. There's. There's other methan. Oh, methamphetamine starts mm. appearing in 1999. Okay. Um. But then you've got John Entwistle of the Who. Mm. He died in 2002 of cocaine. Gee. Like, the Who. I mean, that's mm. a long, long time. Prince is the is the outlier. Prince in 2016 died of fentanyl. Right, right. Oh, a bit Prince. of a loser move, really. Yeah, mm. loser move. Prince, oh, uh, it's it really, overdosed. it really, yeah, uh, overdosed on purple. Yeah. Mm. He, um, um, yeah, it's funny, yes. isn't it? Because I think drugs make music cool, but drugs make surfing not cool. In a lot of ways, no, exactly. Take it for the surfer. Well, I don't know why. Um, I, I don't know why it's why ha, why is it that in surfing, which actually is such a counterculture thing, drugs are kind of um, frowned upon so much. Yeah, well, famously, yeah, uh, uh, what's his uh, Derek Hine started his on on the nod. Uh, uh, club mm-hmm. nod nod standing for not on drugs and uh, had little stickers he made for people to put on their surfboards and there's one subject that's never been done and that's what really happened in and outside of uh, the pro the immediate pro surfing sphere uh, one cannot ever write about the history of pro surfing without discussing the history of what really went on outside the uh, actual heat. It's it's bad. It's Lance Armstrong bad. Going back to 1973 in Hawaii, Class A drugs have been a problem. Man, I mean, look no further than Dave Palmhunter and myself in what '86, starting a club called On the Nod on the tour. 
which was supreme black comedy for ourselves. As far as we knew, we were the only clean guys on the tour. We'd never done drugs. Um, but, uh, and, and those stories back in the day of people like tripping on acid surfing 10 foot G-land, like I couldn't think of anything more horrific than, that's scary enough when, when you've <laughs> yeah, got your faculties. Um, well, I, I can, I can uh, state that I have once, I may have said this before, but I have once been tripping and surfing and it's not a pleasant thing to be doing. <laughs> Uh, sorry, that's not my stomach rumbling. It's a very small dog in the background growling for some what, reason. Wants a walk, maybe. I think, no, I think he. I think there might be. There's either a cat in the garden, or we've had these big toads hopping around of oh. late. So it might be a big toad. So uh, fair enough. Anyway, sorry, listeners. Um, that's a listener. Uh, okay. So as as the internet is wont to do. Um, mm. I have a list of the 50 most drug-addled albums in music history. Wow. Um, I won't go through them all, obviously, but there are a few absolute crackers, and I would recommend the listener to uh, get into some of these. Number one, I'll just go straight to number one, which, uh, not surprisingly, is I didn't realise that Sid Barrett made an, a solo album. Oh, no. Now, uh, called The Madcap Laughs. <laughs> and it says, uh, no other album was even considered for the top spot. Without question, this is the most raw, disturbing and haunting entry onto the list. So much so that both solo works had to be included. Sid, Bar Sid Barrett left Pink Floyd in 1968 due to a mounting instability and lysergic dissolution. Never heard <laughs> that, that, that. But it's because of his huddling pair of solo albums, Madcap Laugh and Barrett. Oh, it's two albums, Madcap Laugh and Barrett. That he appears here. This is broken music, lost mm. Thelonious, way out on the coil, completely untethered. But it's also beautiful, transcendent, and truly childlike. The wow. structureless quality of the songs combined combined with improvised lyrics and jarring but somehow perfect rhythmic changes tap into something elemental without making any effort to. Wow. These songs sim simply exist. It's a sound bands have been laboring to achieve for half a century, but only Sid sounds like Sid, and even he only briefly did.
I never yeah, even heard of those albums. Have you, no, did you... no. I mean, you've heard. No, I haven't. <laughs> I hadn't, and I haven't listened to them. I mean, obviously, I've heard of Sid Barrett, and yeah. I, I like early. Um, I I like early Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd metal is like one of the best albums of all time. But um, uh, there's a band called a band called Chrome. Have you ever heard of a band called Chrome? No, no. It says this is number two on the list. We man, we we need to get into this list. Conceivably, the greatest lo-fi album ever recorded. Wow! It's a total acid speed mess. <laughs> a collage of riffs, sci-fi punk, pure sludge, verging on amphetamine psychosis, Burroughs-inspired cut-up techniques, and inspired fuckoffery. <laughs> Wow. Captain Beefheart, Trout Mask repl- oh, yeah. Replica. <laughs> yeah. I've tried Blue to read. That. That's hard. Yeah, no, you can't. Listen. Ignited by the warmth of the room. Go fart. Smell this through his important breather holes, cleverly dialed from within. From the outside, we observe that the nose of the wooden mask, where the holes had just been a moment ago, was now smooth, amazingly blended, camouflaged in with the very intricate rainbow trout replica. The old fart inside was now breathing freely from his perfume bottle atomizer air bulb invention. His excited eyes from within the dark interior glazed, watered in appreciation of his thoughtful preparation. Oh, man, it's so heavy. Uh, Lou Reed, The Blue Mask. Oh, yeah. Um, Royal Trucks. Have you ever got into Royal Trucks? No. Husband and Wife Heroin Team. <laughs> is that a name of a band? Well, the band is called Royal Trucks, but it was oh, a hus- husband and wife, and they were both smacked out. Oh. Um, Ro- Rollins Band. Uh, do it. Number okay. seven, Paul McCartney. McCartney 2. Oh. You never, um, you never would have thought it. Marvin Gaye, Fleetwood Mac rumors. You wouldn't be surprised with that. Uh, Neil Young on the beach, one of my favorite Neil Young songs. Uh, so the, Billy these... Holiday. Oh, Sorry. okay. Are these are like, is this where the the artist has been under the influence? Completely like, fucked up, basically. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, Tusk, which was brilliantly brilliantly named after Mick. Fleetwood's nose, <laughs> after which half of Peru was once snorted. <laughs> um, wow. Billie Holiday, Lady Sings the Blues. So she was obviously on Barbiturates, in inverted commas, I would uh, imagine. Yeah. Uh, number 14, one of the best album titles of all time, Butthole Surfer's Locust Abortion Technician. Mm. Without question, the most terrifying album ever recorded. And purportedly done so at the tail end of oceans of cheap acid. <laughs> oh, so good. Joy Division, Closer. Oh, wow. It's mm. a good list. Brian Jonestown Massacre, Methadrone. Wow. 
uh, Jeff Buckley, Grace, My Bloody Valentine, Loveless. Uh, yeah, some good fucking good stuff. Um, Harry Nilsson, oh. Rolling Stones, Exile on Main Street, mm. uh, Miles Davis, Bitches Brew, Nick Drake, Pink Moon, Replacements, Bowie Heroes. Ah, and I will end with this, and I would say this would definitely be my ultimate reason why music is better than surfing when it comes to drugs. Spaceman 3, oh. one of my all-time favourite artists, they have an album uh, which I love called Taking Drugs to Make Music to Take Drugs to. <laughs> How fucking that? A strong case for uh, for that one. Uh, well, I think we I think we can go. We can keep going because we've we've we're on to um, that was three, three and three. Now number four. Why is surfing better than music? It's because of the quiver. The quiver, yeah. Mm. And um, I, I I mean I th- you know it's Robin Hood magic, right? You, you you surf quiver Robin Hood you can guarantee that Robin Hood didn't have not every arrow was the same was it? of course he had, yeah he had arrows he had long distance arrows he had short range arrows he had like rapid fire arrows and yeah. it was like yeah okay okay so <clears throat> quiver the um encyclopedia of surfing tells us that a quiver is a surfer's p- personal collection of surfboards usually numbering from three to six but occasionally <laughs> going up yes, yes 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 and i've got a question for you after this but occasionally going up to 20 or more wow with mm. each board designed for a specific kind of wave 
A quiver of boards is the surfing equivalent to the golfer's bag of clubs. Prior to 1968, surfers generally rode all-purpose boards about 10 feet long and rarely kept more than two boards at a time. After the late 60s shortboard revolution, as designs became increasingly specialised, hardcore surfers began assembling a graduated set of boards, often from the same shaper, so as to be ready for any type of surf. Generally speaking, the bigger the wave, the bigger the board. Mark Richards, for example, used a six-board quiver in Hawaii in 1975 with boards ranging from a 6-9 sting for small waves <laughs> up to an 8-6 pintail for 25-footers at Waimea Bay. 8-6. These days, people would be riding a fucking 10-6. I was going to say, yeah. Hmm. That's classic. Uh, so, so that's a lovely, I mean, thank mm. you, Warshaw. We we love you to death. Um, so my question to you is, and this is, of course, this is why surfers are so much better than drug addict mus- musicians. Um, what's the ideal six-board quiver? The ideal six-board quiver? Uh, look, I, I, I'm probably the worst Come person to, to. Commit, just... commit, commit to the six-board quiver. I, I I just got boards lying under the house, random kind of shapes here and there. So yeah, you you still you 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 sound like a politician, mate. You're yeah. uh, you're avoiding you're avoiding the question. I'm pre- prevaricating. I, I just like a good mix. I just like to put my hand in the lolly bag and see what I pull out. Yeah. All right, I'm go- I'm going to commit. I'm going to commit myself, and I'm going to say that my six board quiver would be a. A traditional fish of some description. Yeah. Then I would have a high performance fish of some description. Nice. I would have a like a five ten twin. Yeah. How many boards is that? That's three boards. Three. Uh, I'd have a six foot single fin, or maybe a six two single yeah. fin. Uh, I would have a so that's four. I'm I'm gonna have to put in a. Five eleven or six foot, uh, high performance shortboard like a. I mean, yeah. I'm showing my age, but I'm going to say a Channel Islands rookie or thereabouts. That was the best shortboard I've ever had. Nice. Um. So that's how many is that? Is that six? No, that's five. Five. And because I'm such a pussy, uh, I will say a mid length. <laughs> <laughs> But the nice. mid-length, I'm going to have a, I'm, I'm going to change it. I'm going to go for a, a bit of a drawn-out mid-length, like a 7.6, so I could ride that in kind of forgiving big waves. I'm not, I'm not like you. I can't, I can't have a big, big board in my quiver because that means I should actually go out to use it. big waves. Yeah. No, that's good. I like that. Yeah, no, I think I'd be, I think I'd be similar. Yeah, I think I'd have the, I've got a traditional fish, five, six or something, and then a performance fish. I've got the Luke Short uh, 20 kind of set up for that yeah. one. Then the Simon Anderson thruster. Ooh. I think that might do me for for 99% of my surfing. And then I've got... You've got to have your... you got your 10-6 though, or your 9-8 well, or whatever. Then I've got my 6-6 six, six Black Beauty. Oof. Um, for the for those middle days, I think I might need a short board in there just for yeah. You're gonna have a 
you'd have a you'd have a LSD, wouldn't you? I got an LSD actually, a, a GT to go to. Is that and... is that what um is that what Noah Dean writes? No, I think it was the hammer. Speaking of um speaking of drugs, um and then then a what about of, your what about your Dylan? You got to have your of, Dylan. Couple of guns, it? yeah. Oh yeah, I got I got a, f- a couple of couple of uh, a little step up um Dylan thing, which is sick. It's the um predator. And then the the chumbo, the big chumbo. But hang on, the, when you say step up, how much is how big is a step up? Six, six three. ten or something. Six three. Oh, that's all right. Okay, okay. And yeah. the chumbo is eight six. That's uh, just... that's M, that, that's MR level. Yeah, MR. Uh... Well, actually, it's exactly M, well, MR. MR. Had the, and is is your eight six a pintail? It's a it's a. It's disturbingly a swallowtail. I I kind of don't well, like I think, swallowtails because the, they're pointy. But I, I think the big, more. the big the big boys they ride the swallows, don't they? And the big yeah, stuff these days. I don't know why, but um, they look good. But mm, I'm still jury's out for me on whether a swallowtail has any functional value. Um, but you know, but that's what you catch your twenty five footers at Waimea Bay on, right? I suppose. Um, but yeah. Anyway, oh, good. We, we, yeah, got, mate, we, go. we got you we there. Got, we got you there. <laughs> kicking and screaming. Um, <laughs> um, and so uh, f- for some absolutely random uh, reason, I decided that Prince's Raspberry Beret was the song that I'm going to choose for the surfboard quiver. Oh, you've got a song <laughs> for your quiver. I like that. Yeah. Um, only, because, only because it has... There's two lines in Raspberry Beret that I love so much, but the the first one, and this is the the link, the very tenuous link to surfboards, is the kind you find in a secondhand store. Aha! I like that. Yeah. And then, of course, the second bit, which has nothing to do with surfboards. And if it was warm, she wouldn't wear much more, which is I always <laughs> found that extremely sexy. Um. But yeah, you want to find. I mean, imagine finding a, like a fucking MR eight six at Vinnie's. <laughs> well, yeah, but you never know. You never know. Um, you never do. Mm. Well, so I, I do think. I do think though that a a quiver of axes actually comes very close to a quiver of surfboards, but uh, not. It's not. It's not on the same level. Yeah, maybe not. You know, you can have. I mean, I guess you can have. You can be a rich prick and have a whole lot of surfboards, but you can certainly be a rich prick and have a whole lot of guitars. Hmm. Do you play all? I mean, do you actually play all these, or? Well, I play them and I cherish them. Mm-hmm. This is at the top of the heap right here. There's no question about it. Look at the look at the flame on that one. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's quite unbelievable. This what this one is just uh, it's perfect. 1959. Uh, you know, it just, you can, uh, listen. How much is just this? Just listen for a minute. I'm the not, sustain, listen to it. I'm not hearing anything. You would, though, if it were playing, because yeah. it really, it's famous for its sustain. I mean, you can yeah. just hold it. Well, I mean, so you'd have to pull. You can go, go and have a bite. No, you'd still yeah. be hearing that one. Yeah. Oh, this is special, too, it's a, look, see? Still got the, uh, the old tagger on it. See, never even played it. 
See? You just bought it. Don't touch it. I, don't well, touch I, it. I wasn't going to touch it. No, don't touch it. I was it. just pointing at it. I, well, don't point even. Don't it even point? No. It can't be played. Never. I mean, I, Can I, I look I, at no. it? No. No, you've seen don't enough of that one. So they're the number four on the uh, music spectrum. Uh, and I don't know if it has any link, if there is any link at all to the quiver. I guess maybe it is. I mean, your quiver you are using in the moment. It's, it's something that's it's live or lively, mm. is live music. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I think, I mean, the, the, you can't really say anything more. The, the, the One thing about live music is whether it's, I don't know, kids playing recorder or, um, you know, Coldplay at the Parc de Prince in 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 Paris, um, uh, there's something just magical and uh, kind of pre prehistoric about listening, sitting and listening to live music, right? Yeah, it's almost um, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. What's that? What's that? Uh, it's yeah. It, like you said, it's almost like this alien thing it's just producing something out of nothing alien uh, sex fiend <laughs> yes alchemy that's the word i was trying to... it's alchemy it's just like yeah it's making something out of nothing no you're right like it's it's like a brooch of purest green um it, it like percy makes or tries to make in in black adder mm. um uh but it doesn't have to be great music to be entirely enjoyable in, mm, in the yeah, live no. context, right? Yeah. It can, I mean, yeah. actually, there is an exception. Um, uh, hippies with bongos. That, for me, that just doesn't qualify as music. So, no, drumming circles. Drumming circles can yeah. go get fucked. So I used to live in Byron Bay. The feeling I got from the drum circle that happens every night down at the beach was so inspiring, it was so free. It was the community that I was looking for and I was like, wherever I settle down in the world, I'm gonna wish that there's a drum circle there. I'm just gonna create one myself. My body to release all the trapped emotions in my chakras, just to release and then to align. Get after it, namaste. Yeah, I would definitely rather listen to primary school recorder groups than uh, yeah. drumming circles. Thank you very much. And the problem with drumming uh, circles is that they, they seem to be having so much fun, and it's, it's almost like the more joy on the face of a musician, the worse the music. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, uh, having having experienced this as a as a naive youth. It's like 
the fucking happy clappy bands in in gospel churches. Yeah, well, yeah. Although, like, they are definitely having way too much fun <laughs> on a fucking on. They are having way too much fun at six o'clock on a Sunday night. That is pretty crazy. Okay, that's it for another episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to um, send us some feedback. Shacktails at gmail.com or any of the other socials at Tales from the Shack or Soundwaves does it be. Anyway, um, thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you for our very last episode for the Surf versus Music debate coming up very soon. That's when I saw her. I knew she knew how to get her